Ah, yes, it is. Good times for you and me. Gonna be a warm one. You're keeping good company with W-A-T-H. Nine seventy WATH. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the party line on a Friday edition. It's a whole new month now. July, the first of July. In the next few days, lots of opportunities for um, well, making noise, I guess, and seeing some bright lights in the sky. We have a special edition today. We're going to talk about Athens Rethink Plastics. That's right, plastics. And years ago, we started to be more conscientious about plastics and recycling and all that sort of thing. And um, once in a while, I'll look into a, a, a trash can and see something that I said, no, wait, no, that's recyclable. So I'll take it out and put it in the recycling ca- um, container. Or uh, sometimes the other way, too. But, um, and, and you know, the, we're learning slowly, maybe not as fast as we should, that there are some things, some types of plastics that, really don't yield very well, like the foam containers, right? They don't recycle very well. But um, anyway, we're, we're all making an effort, and um, there's another effort underway, and it's called Athens Rethink Plastics. And so Lee, Greg, and Melena Miller join us this morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Yeah, hey, both mics are working. That's cool. <laughs> So uh, let, let me just uh, take a moment before we get into this. Lee, Greg, tell me a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a retired botanist. I got my uh, advanced degree at uh, Ohio University and taught and did research for many years. So botanist. Yes. Help help someone that maybe just doesn't remember that term. Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, plant biologist. Okay. And uh, h- how many years were you associated in, in, you were teaching, right? I did teach. Um, I did primarily, I did research. Uh, it turned out I, I used my chemistry background a lot more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and um, so like uh, there's, you know, community uh, gardens and things like that and a lot of volunteers who make... Um, different little focal points in Athens. Yes, I'm also a master gardener. and That's uh, the group. That's and the group. I, yeah, I was uh, on the board for uh, community food initiatives for 11 years, and uh, mm-hmm. so I was uh, heavily involved with them also. Well, our other guest this morning is Milena Miller, and Milena, I want to have uh, you run down a bit of your background. Well, I think your listening audience probably is uh, pretty familiar with my background, <laughs> but oh well. it's been a varied background. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of everything. I, you used to play some of the jingles that I wrote, um, 
when I was with visiting nurses and hospice for many years, and uh, I've been a teacher. I've been in manufacturing all the years I lived in California, sales and marketing. So um, I've done a lot of that sort of thing and a lot of volunteering. Um, mm -hmm. I still continue to do um, some work with um, hospice patients, death and dying um, issues, and I'm uh, also um, doing some work with Rural Action and their Zero Waste program. Mm -hmm. um, been doing that for almost three years now where we are recycling uh, slightly used and new medical supplies and equipment. Um, you know, there's millions and millions of pieces of oh, this yeah. stuff just um, as you probably know Dave uh, if you're in the hospital or you have home health or a any kind of clinical situation and a physician orders something for you be it bandages in the hospital or a crutch or wheelchair whatever nebulizers uh, nebulizers whatever uh, yeah I mean if you no longer need it uh, or if you didn't need it in the first place, it's almost impossible to get either the pharmaceutical company or the manufacturer to take it back. So these things just continue to pile up. And uh, right now, you know, the world is hungry for these items because there are so many refugees. Of course, we have the war going on in the Ukraine. So um, through Rural Action, we're providing um, quite a lot um, locally and we're working with the VFW in the Plains and several other places. So um, I became involved with Athens Rethink Plastics. I think, did we start about three years ago, Lee? Yes. Yes. 2018. Well, I, I'm going to back up just a notch before we get into that much further. Lee, Greg, where were you raised? Um, I actually spent 10 years of my childhood in uh, Portsmouth, Ohio, and one year in Athens, Ohio, when I was a junior in high school. Yeah. And then we moved to the Chicago area, and I went to college in Wisconsin, and then uh, and I was off to the east and then to California. So I moved <laughs> oh, around, the, yeah. the, as the daughter of a city planner does. <laughs> well, um, but what, what, uh, what was the magnet that drew you back to uh, a man. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, uh, I met a, a, a fellow botanist at a, a national convention, and we uh, we were married six months later. How about that? That's and exciting. He was a professor here at OU in plant biology. And so you became one too. Yeah. Well, no, I already was. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Not only a botanist, but we were also in ferns. In fact, that's how we met. In ferns? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pteridology, the study of ferns. <laughs> I love it. Pteridology. <laughs> yes. I think I think I just learned a new word. Yeah. Melania, what what's what's the, the Athens uh, story for you? I had a cousin who was going to school here, and so when I was sixteen, she brought me here for Little Sis Weekend. Mm. And I was in the process of trying to find a college to go to. So when I was 17, I, I'd always wanted to go to UCLA. That was my first choice. But that was very difficult as an out-of-state student to get scholarships to California. And I loved these rolling hills, and I decided to come here. So I came at 17. I... Um, I did my undergraduate here. I moved to California. I came back. I did a master's. Um, uh, at age 50 <laughs> after living in California for 25 years and then um, 
uh, more or less got stuck here, decided to bring my mother here from Florida. She'd never lived here before. We grew up outside of Mansfield, Ohio. And then I started PhD work, and I could not work for visiting nurses full-time, do PhD work full-time, and take care of my mother. Right. So the PhD did not get finished, unfortunately. And um, the rest is history, as they say. Say, um, okay, so California is just a big place, right? And, right. Um, and it has lots of different, oh. Climates. Ad- I was going to say <laughs> atti- to. attitudes. And attitudes, yes. And uh-huh. so it just depends on what part of California. So uh, I, now you've had a business, uh, a career in showbiz too, right? Well, I'm a singer-songwriter. So yes, I had a band here in the 70s for many years. I was a folk singer here in the 60s. And then uh, when I moved to California, I had a couple of different groups. And then I had a um, jingles business as well. And uh, my first degree here was in theater. So I've been on stage pretty much all my life, but I'm, I lived um, uh, throughout the Los Angeles area, and that's where my family, uh, my mm-hmm. daughter, my grandkids, and so I go back two or three times a year, um, so I spend a lot of time, and my sisters are up in Half Moon Bay, California, so I spend sure. a lot of time there. Our son Paul is in Irvine. Irvine, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, okay. So, once again, our topic, uh, although we haven't really dealt with it yet, is Athens Rethink Plastics. And how did this group come about? Did it just, um, you know, you folks all have similar interests in, like, making the community cool and these gardening things and all of that and did it just sort of one day as you're pulling weeds or something <laughs> um, pop up as an idea what what why can't we work on recycling and more accurate recycling yeah. Yeah. and things like that well a group of us were uh, attended a talk and afterwards we were pretty fired up and we uh got together and uh Uh, formed a small group and started talking about it and we were very concerned about the health impacts to human beings and to the environment uh, which of course we're also influenced by and um, and so that's where we all uh, started and uh, then we uh, continued and then when the pandemic struck um, the Sierra Club uh, had heard about us and they offered us their service in terms of doing zoom meetings and that really uh, was very instrumental in keeping us going and um, working on new projects, et cetera. Now, I've heard more and more about outfits that have uh, were going well, but then suffered as a result of Zoom meetings and things like that. I mean, membership has dropped and stuff like active, you know, active participation. Mm-hmm. But in your case, it built you, right? That's correct. It uh, sort of because uh, of the timing revitalized us. We were still working on things, but for a while we shifted to making a face mask, and then um, and that sort of helped form a core group of sewers who then uh, switched to making uh, um, shopping bags. We one of a group uh, 
learned how to make uh, a shopping bag out of a feed bag. And so we distributed those to uh, a couple of food pantries, Mm -hmm. and they were very enthusiastically received. And uh, then uh, we had also been at places like the Kid Fest, Paw Paw Festival, and, uh, but then, but having been, uh, being able to have meetings over Zoom, we were able to plan more projects and get more things done in spite of the pandemic. Now, uh, you brought me one, but you didn't know I already had two or three. (laughs) And what, um, I buy dog food, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it's, um, I don't know, is it a 50-pound bag? I think so. Um, So it's made out of a combination of sort of a foil material and plastics. And... um, It's really stout because, of course, it's got to carry 50 pounds of dog food. Right. So um, someone took that twice. Uh, I'm sorry I can't remember the person. It's a good friend, too. That's embarrassing. And they uh, cut the top off and then made handles, you know, um, on either side of the, the wider opening. And... That way we can go to various stores and get things and pack them in our own bag and not have these thousands and thousands of little thin plastic bags uh, floating around. You know what I mean? That's exactly what we have been promoting with those bags. I mean, it wasn't our intention to keep uh, making things or Re- or using and reusing plastic, but we found that one of those feed bags or seed bags um, replaces the, uh, s- about 700 single-use plastic bags. I mean, if you think about that. So in other words, that bag, sturdy as it is and double-stitched as it is, mm-hmm. If you keep it in your car, you remember it, or you forget it, you get inside the store, go back out to the car, get it, go back in, you can save, um, you can replace the use of 700 single-use plastic bags, which, by the way, are not recyclable. I mean, I just want to emphasize this to your listening audience. People think that a lot of these plastics, whether they're single-use plastic bags or harder kinds of plastics, are recyclable because we've been misled to believe this by the little um, uh, images that are the little logo that's on the imprinted on some of the hard plastic containers and this sort of thing. And if you really dig deep, and we have, and uh, and and I have also through Zero Waste and Rural Action has a very aggressive program about. Uh, Well, it's called zero waste, of course. And so we have found that many, many of these articles that are made out of plastic are just not recyclable at all. They do not degrade in landfills. And um, we just don't have the potential or the ability in America to to break this stuff down. And in fact, when you're breaking it down and melting it into other forms of plastic, it's very dangerous. It's very, very... uh, caustic to neighborhoods and to the air and pollutes water and so forth. But anyway, that's how, you know, that's how many bags are, are being replaced by one of those shopping bags. 
or or a lot of us have a lot of other uh, bags, shopping bags that we've gotten from other sources, mm-hmm. but they tend to hang about in the house or stay in the car. And what's worked for me and many other people now is if you forget your bags and you're at the checkout, just say, put it back in the cart. And then when you get to your car, then you bag it. And that has been one of the best tips for people who really do want to uh, reuse bags and not uh, not only <laughs> avoid the waste, but also avoid the manufacturer. Because manufacturing plastic uh, produces an enormous amount of pollution. Pollution that's not only <laughs> bad for the air, but dangerous for people's health. People who live around those places are just... Uh, plagued with cancer, it yeah. becomes Cancer Alley. Well, okay. Now, earlier on, you mentioned the Sierra Club. Um, I've heard that term oh, probably for fifteen or twenty years, but I truly don't know. Whoops! I really, truly don't know a thing about it. So, fill us in on what is the Sierra Club. Well, the Sierra Club formed a long, long time ago, and I believe it formed in California, but I, I could be wrong about so that. So it's a national organization. It's a national organization, and each state has uh, its own chapter. And so the Ohio Sierra Club, uh, uh, they were one of the ones that started an initiative on uh, concerned about plastic, and now the national organization is taking it up. and. If you got a letter from the Sierra Club recently, you will see part of that letter was devoted to the plastic crisis. And I think it really came, you know, in those years I was living most of my, well, all of my time in California. Back in the um, 60s and 70s, it was an organization and continues to this day to protect our national parks and to protect the wildlife and to work closely with conservation groups and the EPA and so forth. And I think as they were doing that, uh, they ran into all of these other issues that concern us about the environment and the, the cleanliness or not of the environment, the safety for people, plastic and, and uh, throwaway containers being a big part of that and that became a, a, you know they expanded into that territory a yeah, lot yeah it, it's known as an environmental organization right. but uh, the roots are back when uh, protecting the the natural world so at Earth Day let's see what month is that that's April yes yeah um, y- you had a little experiment and um, out of that, uh, you now want to do far bigger things. And what, what, what you did was that the members of your group, um, and, and how many would you say are in the group? Well, we are the six most active members, but we have a total of nine. Okay. That's our core group. We do have volunteers sure. who, you know, do the, some of the other and folks, out of this program, it may be that you would like to yourself get involved in this. Well, let me just tell you, um, I think the best way to do that is to go to their Facebook page, which is Athens Rethinks Plastics. 
Correct. And um, and then all the information is there, and you may want to get involved in this too. But it can be as simple as being handed a batch of bags and then making the handles for them, sewing them, and re, uh, reinforcing them a little bit. And then um, on Earth Day this past uh, spring, um, you took 130 bags that had already been sewn and were ready to go down to uh, Siemens Grocery. We did. Actually, we also had another location that day. Some of our staff went to Nelsonville on the square because it was their first year for a, um, Earth uh, an Earth Day event. It was a much smaller event, that, but it was their first year, and we did have some really good conversations there. But on the day after Earth Day, I believe it was, which was a Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, the manager at Siemens, the, the people, the staff, the manager, everybody was just so terrific to work with. And they had suggested to us that we do it that day because it was their busiest day. I mean, they know over the years when, and they knew the time period and, and the whole business. And they were correct. And so there were literally hundreds and hundreds of people coming and going. It was the weekend. So it was, it was really comical in some ways because some of these men, you know, men don't often want to take a, a bag like this, you know, or, or use a shopping <laughs> bag or something. Yeah. But we found that wasn't the case at all. And many of them, uh, one fellow came from out in New Marshfield in his pickup truck and he was on in a hurry and he was going in and yeah. I, and he said, well, I'm just going to get a six pack. And I said, well, put your six pack in this bag. And so he came out and he was so delighted that the bag held his six pack. And he referred to that poundage that you were talking about earlier, Dave, when you said you had a 50 pound bag. And he pointed to the 40 pounds on the bottom of the bag and he said, 40 pounds, it'll hold 40 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So he was real interested. But we had just a terrific turnout and, um, and lots of good conversations there. Yeah. And all the bags were claimed and used, and it's just terrific. Now, um, so there's now this idea of a plastic-free July. Well, today's the 1st of July. Um, now, this is a statewide thing, right? Global. Oh, yeah, is this is global, global movement. Right. Okay, well, we haven't had a whole lot of publicity about this, but I, I found a um, graphic which I printed and brought into the studio this morning. So it has every day in July, like a calendar page. And then there's a whole bunch of things listed on uh, most on most dates, right? Yes. Yes. So um, let's see. Uh, and then some of them are just expressions, like living a plasticless life is a journey. You won't get there in one day. Uh, so you have to be consciously aware uh, or constantly aware. Um, there's other blue hydrogen presentation virtually. So what what's blue hydrogen mean? Well, I mean, I know what it means, but... Yeah, well, this is uh, a movement to make hydrogen out of... Uh, fossil fuels, which is not uh, going to be helping the environment. So we're, mm -hmm. this is not something that we are, uh, that we are 
promoting at all. In mm-hmm. fact, we're trying to let people know that this is not uh, this is not a good idea. Uh, there's another day that where it simply says, um, "Oh, I guess it concerns the Fourth of July here." No balloon releases, right? Balloons. Yeah. Balloons. You Very know, if, dangerous. If, if you have hydrogen, not, not hydrogen, or helium. Helium, helium. balloons, yeah. They'll Blue. really travel. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get, wildlife unfortunately really suffers from getting tangled up and uh, swallowing them and, and things like that. So, And they found that starting with balloons is often a good way to get people involved in reducing plastic. I now, think I think you have an earlier version of the of the calendar, the current calendar, the the final one. They had for the third and the fourth, dine with reusables at picnics and potlucks. In other words, don't take those plastic plates and forks and then just throw them away um, because they really most of them can't be recycled. Um, Wait a minute. But yeah, now, the plastic forks can't be recycled. That's absolutely right. They Why? they cannot and. The number of plastic uh, utensils that are floating, particularly with the pandemic and a lot of carryout, is absolutely staggering. I don't remember the figure, but it's just uh, millions and millions per hour. So, um, yeah, so, but if you just take, uh, there are plenty, a lot of people have picnic plates that are made out of plastic that they can just keep on using. Or yeah. a durable, pl- a right. more durable plastic. Or, or yeah. if you're having a picnic in your yard or, or someplace like a, close. You can eat off a Frisbee. You can, <laughs> well, what a good or, idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that for some frisbee. reason. There you go. <laughs> right. But you can uh, just take the dishes from your kitchen. Pretend you're in France where they use, you know, glass wine glasses uh, and... Uh, and uh, china plates and uh, have an elegant picnic. Well, plastic forks, knives, and spoons, and all this other kind of hard plastic like that, it just isn't degradable. It goes into the landfill, and you and I, Dave, will be long dead and gone before any of that stuff even begins to break down. And, And you've seen, I'm sure most of your listeners have seen these pictures of the enormity of plastic tiny plastic pieces, thousands and millions of them, on beaches in Malaysia and in Hawaii and in the ocean, and the turtles with straws stuck in their noses. I mean, these are not, you know, these are not marketing pieces that some big company has put together. These are reality. And if you ever travel, you don't even have to travel outside of Athens County. You can stay right here and see it along the roadways and every place else. And um, it just, uh, it simply doesn't degrade. And so it's important not to get it in the first place. So anything you can do creatively to avoid uh, taking the, accepting those kinds of containers and using them is really going to be beneficial to your health and the environment. And, and in terms of recycling, only 5% of all the plastic ever gets recycled and unfortunately it can only be downcycled. It can only be recycled once, made into something else and then whether it's timbers or benches or whatever then it just is trashed and plastic is forever so it may be many thousands of years before it degrades. It's been around too short a time for us to know how long. Well of course we all know when 
Oh, help me. Ed Newman. Ed Newman and Tom O'Grady. When they were first uh, kind of in charge of getting our recycling effort going in Athens City and Athens County. Right. And, you know, it picked up a lot of steam. People jumped in um, and and participated. Now, you, you know, at least in the city, the city provides special um, canisters to hold that stuff during the week, and then it's picked up in my neighborhood yesterday. Right. Um, but then... Since then, we've started to hear, well, you can't put styrofoam in there, or you, you, we don't want you to put this in there or that. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's still stuff that they're receiving that they can't recycle. That's oh, right. That's absolutely. Right. And, you know, we have, I encourage your, your listeners to contact the um, Athens Hawking Recycling Center out on Poston Road, if if they wanted to get a group of people together to yeah. do a tour of that place, it's pretty phenomenal to think of any place, really. But here in little Athens County, uh, we have some pretty sophisticated equipment up there, yep. and it really does separate things. But, for instance, that recycling that you put out yesterday and that I put out, if people are putting, if you're throwing your bottles and cans and, and plastic into those big blue or red containers, whatever you have, that's fine. And the machinery out there is triggered so that it will, re, it will separate those items. Mm. If you're putting all of that stuff in the recycling bin inside of a single-use plastic bag, it absolutely will not recycle. It can't do it. So that whole entire plastic bag, and I say this for your listeners, particularly in the country, because in the rural areas they do have some recycling um, places, uh, drop-off places, mm -hmm. like in Guysville or New Marshfield and this and that and whatever. It's imperative that they don't take their recyclables inside of pl plastic bags because the whole th point will be moot. I mean, everything will be ruined. All their recyclables are going to go into the landfill because the, the, the post and facility cannot, the equipment cannot pull those items out of that single-use plastic bag. So, you know, it's important to, to separate the stuff and throw it in the big bags together. And, and it's important to remember that the glass, the cardboard, the metal is all very valuable and will be recycled. And unlike the East and West Coast, our recycling, all of it gets used, and cardboard is especially. Cardboard has been uh, really kept them going, at least for a while. So recycling is very important. And just because the national news they say there's some areas where the recycling is going to a incinerator or whatever. It's not happening uh, from our recycling center here. And the price of metal is up right now. So they are actually, I mean, you're really helping out. If you're going to buy these products to begin with, you're going to buy canned goods or canned soda pop or beer or whatever, you know, the 
the cost of recycling that is is much less to our recyclers because the cost of um, bundling that and sending it on and processing it is is up right now so it really helps the whole picture financially well i know the cat food <laughs> cans oh. um those that's probably my number one recycling <laughs> item uh for our cat free yeah but um, but I certainly have put plastic picnic forks in there, uh, mm. and I'm not supposed to use it. No, no, absolutely no. not. No. Oh, and dear. so try not to take them in the first place if you can. Now I want to just bring this up because we did when we did plastics free July last year. We incorporated the, the help, and it was very gracious of about 18 businesses in. Uh, in a the Athens area, uh, from C and E Hardware to uh, um, uh, uh, White's the Mill. White's Mill to Kindred Market mm -hmm. to f the pharmacy on Stimson Avenue to our little um, uh, folks out in the Plains, the um, uh, the restaurant there, which is um, Spice of Life. Spice of Life contributed. They all came on board to join us last July, and we had a kind of a. We're not doing the same program this this year. We're doing. We're concentrating on the bags and on information. But we had a giveaway because it was our first year, and so each of those businesses came to us and donated some kind of basket or box full of items that they sold. And they tried to give us items that were not had nothing to do with plastic. Um, they were made out of glass or metal or something else, uh, cloth or something like that. And they were all products that could be given in a gift box to people who won these raffles at the different libraries. And they would have to tell us what they were going to do to reduce their own plastics and then put it in a box. And we drew, the mayor actually, Mayor Patterson drew names. And it was really interesting to have conversations with these business owners because it's very clear. Oh, Betty's hot dogs. Um, it's very clear in talking with them. They don't like this any any more than you and I do. They do not like to give out their food or their products in plastic. And uh, they have been trying a lot to think of different ways and to investigate. So they really appreciated the information we could give them and 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 you know, conversely, we, we got a lot of information from them. So uh, it seems to me I have a, a pretty good idea of the short-term goal and maybe even the mid-term goal, middle-term. But what do you, what's the long-range goal here? We want the, uh, there to be legislation. There is um, a bill up before Congress called the um, Plastic... Free, break free from break plastics free from Act. plastic pollution act, act. Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, actually Sherrod Brown is now supporting that he's one of the sponsors I believe um, so there are people getting in board with that and Congress is concerned in fact they had Noah do a they had a study done asked for a study which Noah completed and uh, to talk about the uh, the plastic crisis and the issues involved so it's a a number of eminent scientists participated in that and presented it to to the Congress. 
it is, may you know it may be helpful for people who are listening to as they look at the Facebook page that information about the Break Free from Plastics Pollution Act is there to contact contact their senators and representatives. Now I'm really you know a skeptic. But, but, but why do we have to do it at a national level? What has it been done local? Well, locally well, we know. Well, ha- we have to do it at a national level because it, yeah. Why, why why haven't states stepped forward? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Why hasn't the why has this bill been hanging out at the national level? I mean, you know, I'm enough of a I guess a conspiracy theorist to think <laughs> that well, I mean, let's face it, you know, campaigns on both sides of the aisle are bought and paid for. You know, it, there's an enormous amount of money, millions and billions of dollars that have to be raised for people to be elected. And and one of the chief sources of that come from big corporations and big manufacturers because they do have the resources and they can. So it's sometimes the money and the influence that helps ma- make policy. And so the rest of us in the world who can't afford to support these kinds of things we have to do everything we can to try and change those manufacturers' minds and their mindset. Let's face it, Dave, they're not going to make less money by changing their attitudes about how they produce this stuff or how they package things. They're, you know, To buy a potato that's wrapped one single potato in cellophane or, and sealed in plastic, it's ridiculous. It doesn't need to be that way, you know. And we, that's, in my mind, that's one of our bigger goals is to try and reach manufacturing to say, hey, you know, work with us here. We don't want to buy this stuff because we can't recycle it. Help us out here, you know, help yourselves out. Save yourselves lots of, you can still make your profits. Yes, and uh, oil and gas, uh, you know, gasoline, uh, some people at least have been very conscious about using gasoline and it's uh, the sales um, have have dropped over the years and so they have figured out by those profits can be replaced by um, manufacturing plastic so they're the ethane from natural gas drilling uh, is used to make plastic and uh, and in places where there's not enough of that ethane uh, then they break down oil to to make that. So they are sort of trying to recoup um, their profits by turning to plastic. And in fact, they have a very ambitious goal of tripling the amount of plastic that's now being produced. And in fact, all the plastic that exists in the world, half of that was made in the last 15 years. So you can imagine yeah. the explosion if this... Uh, is allowed to go forward. And there are countries, Dave, in the world who have banned long, long time ago, uh, Germany, where my father's from, they've they've banned single-use plastic bags long time ago, and, and countries that absolutely do not allow plastic bags to be made or plastics to be melted in these cracker plants. Here in the state of Ohio and West Virginia and Kentucky and Pennsylvania, we have a big corporation from Thailand, two American corporations that have been working on this plan for years now to build five of these cracker plants with this ethane that Lee is talking about. First one has already been built in Pennsylvania. Second one is scheduled for Belmont County over by Wheeling. Third one scheduled for Parkersburg. Fourth to Cincinnati and the fifth to Louisville. And when those are, are they, they are trying to take the leftover ethane from fracking operations and 
put it into these salt, old salt mines that are under the Ohio River and store it there so they can build these cracker plants so that they can make a whole lot of money and profits making more single-use plastic bags, which is insane. I mean, it's completely insane. Other parts of the world have discontinued this practice. And that's why this, this Thai corporation is coming from Thailand over here and has made this marriage with two American companies. And the Ohio River, as you probably know, is one of the most important tributaries across the nation. And, and, and plastic, uh, you know, the, it, the problem, they talk about the life cycle of plastic, but it's not a life cycle. It starts with the, uh, the fossil fuel and then it ends up uh, you know, at the bottom of the lake, I just saw a figure here that Lake Erie has to accumulated 381 tons of plastic, which is mostly at the bottom of the lake. And the ocean has a lot of plastic in it. And, and it's not just these objects because it breaks down, particularly single-use plastic bags and bottles. And it breaks down further and further. You're probably seeing pictures of uh, sea uh, of ocean marine animals with all this plastic bits in their stomachs. Uh, and of course they starve or, or are killed by that. Um, but also then it continues to break down into a form called microplastics. And the microplastics are in every ocean. And in fact, everywhere, even on, uh, even in, on glaciers and uh, uh, far from civilizations. And so the, and the microplastics are very concerning because they are releasing the chemicals that they're made out of into their environment and uh, their toxic uh, chemicals. So it's, um, it's, it's a real health issue and it's not just in the ocean either, it's also fresh water and our soil and in, even in, in the air. A lot of what's in the air um, is microfibers and microfibers come from synthetic clothing or clothing is partly cotton and partly synthetic and so we are trying to encourage people to buy natural fiber fabric made out of natural fibers or uh, at least when you wash your clothes um, you can do it with a filter or you can to reduce the microplastics um, and you air dry all of your synthetics which a lot of us do anyway um, and you know there's nothing like uh, bringing in a nice uh, uh, garment that's been hanging outside in the air. Just smells wonderful. You know, Dave, you've probably heard this, and it's true. It's not something that's been made up by some marketing firm or by the Sierra Club or anybody else, or us. But um, the accumulation of plastics inside our bodies to the tune of, what is it, one credit card's worth of plastic per week and so how do we get this? We're not sitting there chomping on credit cards. So how do we obtain, wait a minute, right? Wait a minute. We're eating the equivalent of a credit card weekly? Weekly. And so drinking. it's in it's in your foods. It migrates because when you heat plastic, you know, you've heard don't leave your plastic bottles in your car. The reason for that is that the fumes, the, the plastics, the, the, um, they, they migrate when they're heated. So they put off fumes, they put off particles, and when all these foods that you're buying are wrapped in plastic, this stuff migrates into your food, especially when you're microwaving it and it heats up and it's getting into your system from so many different, and from the air and the water and what have you. I mean, this is science, the scientists have figured this out. And 
How are we getting all this plastic? Okay, so, you know, I stupidly, evidently, um, assumed that when you send plastics back to the recycling center, they get um, divided up according to whether they're a hard plastic, soft plastic, whatever, and then shipped off to some plant where they would melt them again and shape them into something else. So it, it, you're saying it's much more complicated than that. Yes, because plastics are made out of basically um, uh, ethane, which is cracked and made into chains uh, with uh, polyethylene. And then uh, phthalates are added to that, plasticizers, to, to make it in and to form it. But then, in order to achieve the desired uh, uh uh, properties, uh, whether it's going to be a bottle, a bag, or uh, a jar, or whatever, mm -hmm. they add more chemicals to it. And unfortunately, these are usually toxic chemicals. And there's over a thousand different chemicals that are added to plastics. So it's. But if they're toxic, and you say you have, you're eating the equivalent of a credit card a week in plastic, um, why aren't we getting. Um, well, I think we are well, getting we are sick. Well, we are getting sick. You know, I'm one of the 70,000 people in southeastern Ohio and northern West Virginia who were poisoned for decades by the DuPont Corporation with C8 because we had all these Teflon-lined pans, and, and, and that's how we dealt with Teflon. But they were ma manufacturing Teflon, which had this character in it, C8, and they were disposing of it in the Ohio River, in private wells even were contaminated. So I can tell you that in the years and years I've been attending these seminars about those of us who were exposed to C8, there have only been two lawsuits that have been won in all these years. And most, I, I can tell you, we go to these gymnasiums and half of the people I saw uh, 10 years before or five years before are dead and gone or they're all being dragged out on uh, oxygen and in wheelchairs and what have you. So that's just the, that's the result of the C8. So the people who have been involved in that study, that's just how many people have been involved in that particular study. So you can just imagine how much more of this sort of thing is going on with the air and water and food being contaminated by, by these microbeads and by plastics and by plastic fumes and, you know, things heated up in microwaves. You know, the whole industry has, uh, has contributed to this as well as the manufacturers of microwaves who keep promoting that you can put things in plastic. I mean, look at all these, these uh, to, um, you know, foods that you buy that are, that are frozen foods uh, and you stick the whole thing in the microwave. It's such a fallacy. It's all made of plastic. And those plastics heat up. You're not just getting the food that is inside that plastic container with its cellophane lid. You're getting all of that heated up plasticizers and polymers from that plastic. So when I, if I rarely have anything like that, because I rarely use a microwave, I take it out of that thing, I put it in a glass dish and put a glass lid on it. And I cook it my own way because I'm not going to eat that stuff, you know, when I know what it does. I, my first exposure to a concern about plastic was with a, a fellow scientist. She was a bioengineer, and her project was to find pouches, 
to store platelets in. So these are from the blood, blood platelets, because they found that the plastic bags they were using, because they would lose their chemicals. Now these are all refrigerated. They would lose their chemicals and leach into the, and, and contaminate the plastic, the platelets, and the platelets were then unusable. So that was my first uh, aha moment that uh, plastics are, sure they're convenient, but there's a downside to them too. Well, once again, uh, we have uh, two minutes left. What, 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 what would you like our audience to do? I mean, I would think it is get involved. Yes, but everyone can do something. And it, as, the, yeah. as the calendar says, it's a journey. Uh, you won't get there in one day. But taking your own bags to the store and using them. Uh, you know, try, try things like using uh, bar shampoo or just using bar soap. Uh, every container you buy that's plastic is uh, adding to the problem. So just, you know, gradually try to reduce when you buy your vegetables and fruit. Buy them, if they say buy them naked, you don't have to be naked, but buy them that aren't in plastic bags or that are not surrounded with plastic. Just everybody can do their part. You know, we sound like a couple of real alarmists. I, I always sound like an alarmist, and I am trying to be an alarmist because it is a real problem. And I've been in the healthcare field for a long time, 22 years. And I can tell you that um, the, the increase in cancer that I witnessed from the day I began working at visiting nurses and hospice till the day I left was unbelievably high. It, it just it incrementally grew over the years to, to be quite shocking to me. And I think those cancers have to come from um, these habits that we have. And so, you know, people don't can do one or two small things you know, taking your own bag shopping is really important. Trying to use glass, trying to buy your your beverages in in aluminum cans or glass bottles as opposed to plastic containers. That's that's a big change. And if you can do those two things, you will be decreasing the amount of plastic in our world we've, so so much. We've got thirty seconds. If someone wants more information, where do they go? Who do they call? I think your suggestion of the Facebook page is a very good idea. And also, if somebody wants to contact us directly, they can use our email address, which is Athens Rethink Singular Plastics at gmail.com. Athens Rethink Plastics at gmail.com. Folks, we're out of time. Lee Gregg, Melena Miller, thank you. Thank you. Thank Melena, you. weren't you a famous singer once upon a time? <laughs> I don't know how famous I was. Well. <laughs> but yes, yes I, I, I'm singing still. That's pretty cool. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM. Is CBS News on the hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The July 4th weekend is here, and AAA predicts about 48 million Americans are traveling. That number is almost as high as pre-pandemic levels. These two in Boston may have the best plan. Going to friends' houses in Connecticut. I think I'll be spending it with my family, probably outside in the backyard. There is not so much relaxing for airline passengers dealing with delays and cancellations. Reporter Tim Jimenez with our affiliate KYW is at the airport in Philadelphia. Early this morning, the super long line that was wrapped around to get through the terminal's D&E security checkpoint looked a lot more like the day before Thanksgiving. That's how busy the morning rush was, with monitors showing about a half-hour wait to get screened. So plenty of willing travelers, but concerned ones as well. Yeah, I'm hoping mine don't get canceled or delayed. Actually, it was supposed to fly out yesterday, and it got canceled. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade one week ago today. And today, President Biden plans to meet with governors from 10 states where abortion is still legal. Correspondent Scott McFarland. The White House hoping to be seen, having the president seen, next to state leaders who are able to move on this issue. A prominent Southern Republican is talking about his opposition to former President Trump. Arkansas Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson says Donald Trump's behavior leading up to and including the day of the Capitol insurrection was a threat to democracy. And that's not the behavior we want to see in a responsible president. Hutchinson tells CBS Mornings Mr. Trump's actions were irresponsible and they've disqualified him from running for president in 2024. That's something Hutchinson says he's considering. I haven't made a commitment to it. I haven't made a decision on it, but I'm laying the foundation for that. Peter King, CBS News. Brittany Griner was handcuffed. She wore a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt as she was led into a courtroom near Moscow for the start of her trial on drug possession charges this morning. The WNBA star told a U.S. official she's keeping the faith. Correspondent Charlie Daggett has more from the foreign desk. The conviction against Griner is all but a slam dunk. Russian courts have a less than 1% acquittal rate. Today, the judge probes the merits of the case and prosecutors lay out the charges, smuggling and transportation of cannabis. Griner faces the possibility of 10 years in prison if she's convicted. CBS News has learned the Biden administration has quietly opened the door for more Afghans to enter the U.S. by expanding eligibility rules for immigrants citing humanitarian reasons. Many include Afghans who helped U.S. forces and their relatives get on flights out of Kabul as the Taliban took control of the country. The Dow is up 140 points. This is CBS News. Find great hires fast with Indeed. Their end-to-end -end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in the same place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. I love my hard